Hey friends, and thank you for tuning in to the Occlusal Table, where we bridge dentistry with business, culture, and current events. I'm your host, Taylor Jackson, and if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Pod and share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. And for our Match Day series, our guests will share their stories about the application process and how they successfully overcame the challenges they faced when coordinating their postgraduate plans. Let's get started. Okay, good morning. My name is Amber Mark. I am a fourth year dental student at Meharry Medical College. I'm from Miami, Florida, and for undergraduate, I went to the University of Central Florida. Hey, y'all. My name is Mayjean Etienne, but I go by Gigi. Um, I'm a fourth year dental student at Meharry. Um, I am from Elmont, New York. And I went to undergrad at Georgia Southern University. Hey, everybody. My name is Eric Buras. I'm a fourth year dental student at Meharry Medical College. I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, and I went to Louisiana Tech University for undergrad. Awesome. Well, it is so nice to have you guys here on the show. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and jump into these questions. So what was your dental journey like? You know, how did you go from, you know, undergrad to dental school? Did you have gap years? Like how long did you know you wanted to be a dentist? All that. What was your story? Um, For me personally, I knew I wanted to be a dentist, but going through undergrad, I kind of was like a lazy student. So I came into undergrad wanting to do like business. Then I switched to undecided. Then I was like, no, I'm going to try nursing just because I was avoiding hard work. And then um, I think my, the spring semester of my sophomore year, I was just like, okay, whatever, I'm going to just buckle down and get to dental school, but I wanted to do it the most efficient way as possible. Um, I know a lot of people like to do like the biomed route or like biochemistry, but I I took health sciences, so I didn't have to take all of those unnecessary courses for medical school since I just wanted to do dental. Um, So I switched to health sciences and then I did take a gap year once I graduated and then took like prerequisites for specifically for dental school that weren't covered under my bachelor's degree. So I went to FIU during um, my gap year, took my organic chems and biochem, and then applied to dental school. Luckily, I didn't have to do a master's or anything before. Um, I did take a prep course, which is, I think, the reason why I didn't have to do a master's. Um, I did iPrep dental, which is super good for DAT. It helps you um, get the score that you want. Like she used to write for the DAT. So I highly recommend that. Um, and then, yeah, I just been at Meharry ever since fell in love with Meharry when I applied, when I um, came up here for a tour, didn't know it existed because, um, being from South Florida, I didn't really know about schools in the South at all. Like I just knew about like Florida schools and then like, you know, the schools in New York and stuff like that. But when I came to Meharry, it felt like family. And then, um, I fell in love and now I'm here. <laughs> so um, I knew I wanted to be a dentist at a really young age. Um, I grew up having a lot of cavities and nobody else in my family has dental issues, but I had the most. And I also had um, surgery, oral surgery done when I was really young. Um, so I was always at the dentist and I just like soon 
my questions that I would always ask her turned into fascination for the career. Um, so I entered undergrad as a bio pre-dental major, um, and I just followed through with that and tried to shadow as much as I can, even in undergrad. I ended up working as a dental assistant for my last two years of undergrad, and um, I took a gap year to study for the DAT. Um, I used Kaplan and DAT Bootcamp, um, but DAT Bootcamp, like I really enjoyed um, and that summer, I also took a tour of some dental schools. Um, my parents came with me to tour Meharry, and upon hearing the Salt Wagon story uh, video, they they fell in love with the school because I think the story um, kind of paralleled with their journey um, to coming to America and people helping them out along their journey. So seeing how much my parents love the school and how much of a family it was, like even touring, like walking through the hallways, meeting the students, they were like, get my number, like in case you need any help. So I've always felt like Meharians were the most willing to help me along in my dental journey. Um, so Meharry quickly moved to the top of my list and now I'm here. So uh, I actually did not know that I wanted to do dentistry until I think it was the, the end of my first year in undergrad, because I ended up going to undergrad wanting to do engineering. So I spent that first year taking like calculus and a little bit of biologies, but it wasn't until the end of that year where I was kind of sitting there thinking, this isn't really what I wanted to do. And so I had to kind of, you know, go home and evaluate what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I was thinking about, I had uh, a lot of dental work done, like Gigi had. I ended up having 21 extra teeth at one point that had to come out when I was a child. And a lot of people were like, oh, you know, like, why did that make you like dentistry? Like, that sounds like you were kind of getting a lot of work done all the time. And it ended up being that I had a lot more self-confidence after the fact. And I was like, you know what, maybe I can learn how to do that for somebody else. So that was really kind of what had me transition into dentistry. And then let's see, after undergrad, I took a year off because I just, I didn't feel like I was ready to apply. I wanted to do more shadowing <clears throat> and I wanted to do more uh, DAT prep. And uh, I just used uh, kind of like online resources and the DAT bootcamp. So, as I can gather from all three of you guys, you know, you guys came from different walks of life, different interests and, you know, um, things like that from growing up in college and being able to explore different areas and fields and um, things like that. Right. So anyone who is listening to this, if they're like, hmm, I'm interested in engineering or economics or nursing or anything along those lines, I can still navigate my way towards dentistry if I want to make that career change. So um, with moving forward, you know, going through the background and now you're in dental school, we're going into our last year. What was your thought process in preparing for your postgraduate plans? Okay, for me, I all I came to dental school knowing I was going to be an orthodontist. Like I just knew it. Like I, my story mirrored kind of like Eric's where I had every ortho treatment that I, anyone needed, I needed. Like I had crossbite, overbite, 
and um, diastema is like my mouth was messed up. So I got my oral surgery done and then I got um, my braces done when I was in high school and then I got them taken off in undergrad and I just felt like a completely different person. Like my confidence skyrocketed. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be an orthodontist. I want to do this for everybody else. I'm going to do this. So throughout my whole dental school career, I tailored my extracurriculars. I tailored everything that I did to ortho, like ortho, ortho, ortho. And then um, I applied for ortho this past match cycle and I got a few interviews, but I didn't match. I got offered a fellowship chair at um, Jacksonville University, but I did not want to do a fellowship. And I took that honestly as a sign from God because even though I came into dental school, laser focused on ortho, while you're in dental school, at least at our school, you're not um, exposed to as much ortho as you would if you were like taking the extra step to shadow or at schools that have a larger ortho department. So I took it as a sign from God as, and I wasn't like super disappointed. Like I was like, okay, this is a time for me to figure out what I really want to do. Like, am I going to miss out on general dentistry and the fulfillment that I get doing general dentistry if I just focus on this ortho thing? Am I just going to let this keep me down? And I, I wasn't I wasn't sad about it. I just took it as, okay, now this is a different route. And honestly, I don't even know if at this point, if I'll go back to ortho because I've taken the chance now more to explore general dentistry and perio and other things as well. So um, I applied to after, if you don't know, the match day for ortho is like a good two months, I think, before mm-hmm. um, general dentistry and peds and everything else. So I had time to like get an application together and edit my application and then apply to some AGDs and GPRs. Um, because it's COVID, I didn't have the chance to visit a lot of programs, but I did um, visit um, GPR programs in New York for in-person interviews. And I decided that GPR for me personally was not for me. Like, um, I didn't want to be in a hospital-based environment. I don't see myself doing that type of dentistry in the long term. Um, I want to focus more on either family dentistry or cosmetic. So just being on on on-call, being on such a high demanding, um, residency program, even though it makes you a well-rounded clinician, that's not where I wanted to focus my energy on. I wanted to focus my energy on on type of cases that I would see in the long term, which is why I chose to do an AGD. Um, I matched at NYU Langone in Miami, and I'm very happy with that choice. Um, it's another minority-led program. There's two Meharians there as well. Um, so in hindsight, what I'm basically trying to say is, just because the plan that you made didn't go the way you wanted it to, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, the grass can be greener on the other side and you can be like exposed to a lot more different things. And you can always circle back to what you wanted to do. If you find out that once you do this residency, it's only a year, you know, once you do this residency, if you don't like general dentistry, you can't apply to ortho again. And most people I know who applied to ortho again, the second time got a more, I was gonna, <laughs> a lot more <laughs> interviews and matched where they wanted to the second time. So it's not the end of the world. One year is not going to kill you. Okay. So I first learned that I wanted to do orthodontics when I met my brother's girlfriend in fourth grade. 
grade and she had braces. And I remember being so fascinated with braces. So every chance I went to, every time I went to a dental office from that point on, I, I told my dentist, I need braces. Um, despite what you think, I know I need braces. So finally my dream came true in like fifth grade after a year. And I got braces and I loved going to the orthodontist. So I decided I wanted to do orthodontics then, but talking to my dentist, she was telling me that I'd basically have to go to dental school first and then do more school. So at this time in middle school, I'm like, okay, whatever path has less school I'm going to take. So I was like, I'll just do general dentistry. And then, like I said before, like in undergrad, I focus all my energy on general dentistry. Um, we took an ortho class during our second year of dental school and I, I mean, I pay attention in my classes, but that class, like I actually really paid attention and I was asking, I was like participating in class and I enjoyed studying for that class. So I'm like, I'm in dental school at the time I was like 24. I was like, what, what is an extra three, three years after I graduate? So at that point, I started getting really involved in organizations and trying to get executive board positions. During my third year of dental school, um, I started shadowing orthodontists around Nashville. Um, and then I started doing more volunteering and stuff, trying to build my application uh, for orthodontics. Um, I was really confident going into um, the cycle. Um, so I turned in my applications early. Um, I did only apply to eight programs and I waited. And then, you know, August happened and September happened and October happened and I heard nothing from any program, no rejection, no, except no interview offer, nothing. So I was questioning at that point, did I even turn in my applications? Right. Because I was like, there's no way. And, um, I kind of knew early because of that, that I wasn't going to match because ortho match day is in November. So, I mean, what I, I should have done is just start turning my application over at that point, like in October, but I was still kind of hopeful. So I waited until November to start retailoring my application to applying for um, a general dentistry residency. I can't say I was really hurt when match day came around because I think I knew, I knew early I wasn't going to match because I got zero interviews. Um, so I kind of dealt with those emotions before um, match day. But I think what really saved me was doing a rotation at Matthew Walker uh, Dental Clinic, which is a rotation that they send the seniors on at our school for two weeks. And they also have a advanced education general dentistry program. So I met some of their residents and just getting back to realizing that general dentistry isn't how it is in dental school um, just kind of reassured me that I could do a program in general dentistry and it wasn't going to be that bad once we eliminate all the lab work and we have assistants and we have hygienists. So I'm really grateful um, for where I'm at now and where I'm going to go with my career. I, I don't know if I'll apply to ortho again. We'll see, but I'm starting to fall in love with general dentistry again. So actually, I don't know if a lot of, I feel like y'all know this, but I came into dental school wanting to do ortho too. Right. 
No, I, I had watched my uh, orthodontist, like he had a very nice like work-life balance. I was spending extra time with him when I was there because I ended I had braces for five years. And then, you know, got to dental school and I kind of realized that we got into that course for ortho and I was like, I don't know if I want to, you know, learn more, like do more physics. And I didn't know if I want to do a three-year program. And I had kind of like people in my family had said like, no, you're really good with kids. So we think you should do that. But I didn't really kind of want to listen to everybody. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to bucket. I'm going to I'm going to kind of do what I want to do. And I believe it was like end of second year being a third year. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I'll think about this whole peds thing. And we started going on to our rotations. And although we don't necessarily have a lot of peds patients, when the ones that I did have, I was kind of like, OK, wait, the kids respond well to me. I'm kind of enjoying like getting that goofy and kind of funny while I'm in there. And it's a little bit less kind of, for me, less stressful than working with adults sometimes, just because, you know, you can't sit there and make a joke and laugh and be goofy or wear a funny outfit to work some days. So I was like, you know, that's what I wanted. That's what I thought I wanted to do. I was like, hey, maybe everybody was right. I do have the personality for it. So uh, whenever I was applying, I wanted to do uh, hospital-based because I didn't want to do too much kind of like learning in the classroom. I wanted to like kind of learn on the job type situation because I feel like I typically do better in those situations. Kind of like if there's a fire, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out how to put it out and we'll kind of get through the situation together. Um, I applied to 15 programs and uh, the actually the only interview that I got was the one school base that I had applied to. And although I did feel it went very well, uh, they did have a lot of applicants who had prior experience, such as working for two to three years, or they had uh, done a GPR before. And so although I, I do feel like I did a very good job during the interview, there were people who I understood had more experience than I did. And so definitely what I would say to anybody who's kind of in our situation for post-matching, uh, definitely there's a, I think there's a button you can select to be contacted, like for post-match. And definitely click that button because that's actually how I got into my post-match program. Because I wasn't gonna re I wasn't gonna uh, do post-match. I was gonna take a year and kind of go to work. But then there was a, a GPR program director who had emailed me on the side and was like, "Hey, I got your information because you allowed it to be released, and I'm very interested in you for our last position." And so that's how I ended up getting my position at Denver Health for their GPR program. Thank you so much, y'all, for sharing your stories. Um, and then, Eric, you said you're going to a GPR. I know Amber and Gigi, they're going to AEGD. So then what, I guess, uh, I know Amber touched on it a little bit, but I guess the differences between applying to a GPR versus going to an AEGD or the experiences that you are going to be getting when you go into residency this summer. Okay, I just want to, like, kind of explain a little bit more about my experience. Um, it, for me, what changed my mind was speaking to the actual residents because at the end of the day, people have to remember that like programs, residency programs and dental schools are businesses. So like they will sell you, like everything is amazing. Like the people in administration. But for me, when I saw the residents at GPR programs and spoke to them compared to like when I did my Matthew Walker rotation, the residents seemed to me 
more relaxed, more had a better work-life balance um, at the AGD programs. Um, And then also for me, I just, I'm not interested, not interested, because I am interested in um, like emergency room medicine and stuff like that, but that's not where I see myself, you know? I think if I was like into public health and wanted to be in hospital dentistry, um, GPRs are better for that. And if you see yourself maybe going back into oral surgery or going back into perio or certain specialties where you would see those like complex cases and a lot of medically compromised patients, a GPR is great for that. You will be a super well-rounded dentist, like, or whatever type of um, clinician you want to be, because you can handle anything, any type of patient that comes into a GPR, you're forced to like handle and kind of like be on your own. It's not like like how um, Eric said he wants to like learn on the job. GPRs are great for that. Like they're going to throw things at you and then you're going to have to figure it out yourself because one GPR programs, it's a lot when it comes to the amount of residents, it's usually a lot more residents that a GPR versus an AGD. I'm the type of person where I need more of a nurturing environment. Um, and that's what helps me learn is I can see someone like a professor or my attending do something first and I'll feel more comfortable than me just like having to figure it out on my own. And for me personally, that's what I think I needed. But some people excel and learn 10 times quicker when they're like, I got to figure it out myself. So I think that's a big thing. And then I think also um, for me, location was huge. And um, New York is like the GPR Mecca. Like if you want to do a GPR, throw three applications in New York and I can guarantee you're going to get a GPR. Um, And I thought, I was like, yeah, I could live in New York. I thought I could live in New York, went to New York. I couldn't do it. (laughs) Like I'm the type of person I need like a lax environment. I like to just hop in my car when I want to hop in my car. I don't like hustle and bustle. So if you're a hustle and bustle person that goes with GPR and it goes with those big cities, because big cities have those like level one trauma centers where you work at. So I think those are like knowing the type of learner you are, knowing the type of like if you're an extroverted, introverted person, knowing if you are that type of person who I need to be able to have a schedule from eight to five, go to the gym at this time, not be on on call. I think those are things you need to really think about before committing to a GPR or an AGD, because at one point my GPRs were number one on my list until I actually went and saw what it was like and talked to residents and saw like their point of view. Something that attracted me to um, orthodontics was how the work-life balance first of all, the work-life balance. Um, most orthodontists work like Monday through Thursday, eight to five. Um, I think that orthodontists, you know, have a big role when it comes to the treatment planning, but their work-life balance is really what attracted me to the specialty and how clean their work is. So um, going to the GPR was never in my cards because I was just so focused on doing a specialty that's really clean and had a great work-life balance. And like Amber touched on doing a GPR, you you're on call. Like I know certain programs have certain like rotations that they do when you're on call, but all in all, from my interviews, I got for about three months, you'll be on call. Um, I can't do that. I it's not, it's not my ministry. I used to feel bad for saying that I don't want to do a GPR. I don't want to see these cases, but like now I don't, because I think I was very 
set on doing like clean dentistry and having a great work-life balance. So I ended up matching into um, an AEGD program at Columbia University. And so their schedule is just Monday through Friday, eight to five. That's it. Then you get to go home. You don't have to worry about a gunshot wound at 2 a.m. in the morning. Like when the girl on my GPR rotation told me that, like not GPR rotation, but an interview told me that, that's when I knew like this is just not for me. And I think that, like Amber said, if you want to do oral surgery, if you want to do perio and you don't match, definitely do a, a GPR because you'll see those type of cases that will help you in your application. But I, if I do go back into ortho, I feel like doing an AEGD won't, won't hinder me. So definitely uh, my first reason for deciding on a GPR versus the AEGD was if I did want to go back into PEDS later on, I knew that this would for sure look better just because of what Gigi and Amber had said previously. I mean, you get a lot of experience out of it and it puts you in kind of a fast paced environment. And that's what he's going to be for the most part in PEDS or for a good part in PEDS. So I knew GPR, it's going to make me look better or at least help improve my application. But um, kind of like Amber had said a little bit earlier, I'm not entirely sure when and if I will reapply to PEDS just because uh, I have personal stuff going on that's kind of preventing me from reapplying this cycle. So I have to take some time and kind of reevaluate like life goals and such like that. So it'll, for me, it'll probably be a little bit before I would reapply. So then you guys touched on it a little bit as far as like, you know, possibly going to another AEGD or GPR program or residency program in general um, with possibly helping gain more experience before maybe applying to another residency program. But, you know, why make the decision to go to a residency program versus wanting to go straight to work when you can also gain some experience there? Why? Did you guys, you know, um, I guess, put going to a residency program over going straight to work? Um, For me personally, I never considered going straight to work. Um, I feel like a lot of corporate offices are, um, what's the word when it's like the amount of people you have to see, like you have a quota. Oh, like, um, I'm blanking too. I'm blanking on the word, but like, you have to have a production, production. they're production based, right? And coming from a dental school and majority of the dental schools around America, you're seeing two patients a day, two patients a day, and your professor's holding your hand with those two patients. And I feel like I, my production level would not be up to par. And I would just not, I'm not confident enough as a dentist and I'm being a hundred percent honest. I, I don't know enough on my own to feel like I can be someone's sole care provider without mentorship. Um, so that's why I never went straight to work. Yeah. I would love to like, just come out of dental school, start making six figures and just be great. But if I want to be the best clinician possible, Um, I think it's very important for me to um, do a residency first. And I also think you have more leverage doing a residency and like, you know, negotiating contracts, negotiating salaries, because you can say I can cut 15 crowns in 
I don't know, two hours, whatever. You can, you have more um, stuff on the playing field and like room for negotiation when you're confident. When you're coming out of dental school, corporate offices know that you're not confident and they can lowball you because you don't know what you're doing. And I also don't want to be in a position where I'm dealing with malpractice, only being out of school for a month or two. You know what I mean? So I want to, I'm going to be someone's I'm, I'm taking care of people. Someone is trusting me and I need to make sure that I am a hundred percent capable of taking care of someone. You know what I mean? You don't get, once your teeth fall out or once I take a tooth out, it's not coming back in. And I need to make sure that I know what I'm doing and I'm confident in what I'm doing. And people, patients can see if you're not confident Mm. and I don't, I don't want someone dentistry. You get your clients based on word, word of mouth. You know what I mean? And once your reputation is done for, it's done for. So I want to be the best that I can be. And that's why I, I never working, never even crossed my mind because I never thought I was ready personally. So in October, at the end of October, when I came to terms with the fact that I'm probably not going to match into ortho, um, I did consider going to work. Um, Asda did like a vendor fair. It was a vendor fair. And this company had spoke at the vendor fair and I became really interested in the company based on location. So I reached out um, to the woman who gave the presentation and she ended up setting me up an interview, which was very, it was very quick. It was very sudden. Um, So at the beginning of November, I did have a job interview And I actually got the job. And that's when I started um, thinking again, would it be beneficial for me to go to work or to, I know it's last minute at this point, but apply for um, residency programs. So um, kind of like Amber said, the main factor for me was the amount of patients that I would be seeing in a day. Um, we see two patients a day. I'm a Harry. Um, and if you're an oral surgery, what you might see three, <laughs> but either way, it's not comparable to 40 patients a day. Like that jump is just so drastic. Not only that, but the company that I got the job at, I would be under a lead dentist for a month and then they would move me to my own office. Didn't feel comfortable with that. I would be the only dentist at the office office and I would have to, you know, make the calls. And Like even in clinic, sometimes I get different opinions from different professors. So I don't know really what my opinion is on certain things because I don't have enough knowledge to to make that decision. And like Amber said, we are going into healthcare. So thinking about my patients and how I want to treat them, I thought it would be best for me to get more education and, you know, more exposure and more experience before I actually start doing this for real. I just want to kind of like piggyback off of what she said a little bit too. Um, I think if you came, since all three of us came into dental school, knowing we were going to either specialize or do some sort of residency, our mindset wasn't on, I need to just be gaining as much experience so that I can work. Like I have Mm -hmm. classmates who knew they were going straight to work from D one year. So their approach in dental school was completely different than ours. Like instead of us taking extra time to maybe like shadow at orthodontist or like making sure we're putting in extra hours studying or like being presidents of organizations, people who were going straight to work only focused on working or like became dental assistants on the side, worked on the weekend so that they gained that knowledge. So I feel like if I maybe came into dental school knowing, okay, I'm going straight to work, I would have felt more prepared and would have went straight to work after. But because I tailored my experience to like 
education wise and like didactically and leadership, I didn't put that extra time in to make sure I knew what I can like develop my own like treatment planning ways and like, you know, go to CE courses on the weekend and stuff like that. Cause I do have classmates who every other weekend want to CE course and they're ready to work because they got that exposure. So I think if you know what you're doing coming in, even though your plans change, four years is a long time for your plans to change. Um, Having that mindset, that go-getter mindset, I'm going straight to work mindset, you can go straight to work and feel confident. But for our stories, we didn't come here with that mindset. I'm really just going to echo upon what Amber and Gigi were saying. Uh, Like they said, we see two patients. I wasn't confident that I'd be able to produce enough and be and still be, you know, treating my patients with the standard of care they deserve and also, you know, making enough money to support my own lifestyle at that point. So I was very much I need to do some kind of residency to improve my skills and also take this will give me a year to figure out my own treatment planning. Why would I do a crown versus another tre- or, or a large filling or etc. So that's really that was really my main reason to kind of similar to theirs. Thank you for that, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is something too, you know, we have to remember, that was something that someone told me before going into dental school, because I shadowed like all these different specialties. I knew I wanted to specialize, but I know I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to specialize in just yet, but I shadowed a whole bunch of different specialties. And then when someone looked at my application, the second time I was applying to dental school, um, because it took me three times, but the second time they were like, I see all these specialties and that's great, but where is the general dentist? I'm like, general dentist, but if I'm shadowing, you know, specialists, what's the point? They're like, you have to remember this. When you're going to dental school, you're going to be a general dentist first before you become a specialist. And because of that, that kind of opened my eyes too, to trying to not have tunnel vision in a sense when um, going into dental school and um, being open to all those opportunities and everything that um, dental school, you know, privies us to, uh, when it comes to getting different experiences from different disciplines. But, um, is there any advice that you would give to someone who was going through a similar process as you, or something, some encouraging words that you would have told yourself when going through this whole process? Um, the first thing I would say is give yourself grace. Um, I don't know the actual statistics, but one, Coming to dental school, getting into dental school, whether it's took you 10 times or one time, you beat the odds. Like that's not normal. People don't get into dental school. And also, this is the first time in your life you're doing this. So give yourself grace. Like I used to be super hard on myself when I be one year, like if I got a B on a test or a C on a test, or like it's okay to make mistakes. You're still doing what you're supposed to do. And at the end of the day, you're going to get out of here. Um, And then the second thing, when it comes to actual post-grad plans, um, if you're thinking about specializing, just because of how competitive, competitive it is, I would say like still throw out AGD and GPR applications to programs that you really would consider going to if you didn't specialize. Because I was kind of like sitting on my hands. I No one told me. They were just like, yeah, focus on your ortho application. And then when I didn't match for ortho, there were only like a third or a quarter of the school still available because their deadlines, um, the other school's deadlines passed. So I would say like, 
don't like go into the mindset where I'm going to fail. I'm not going to match, but have a fail safe where if I don't match, I would still have a chance at going to a program that I really want to go to or be in an area that I want to live in. Because I think some people are stuck in cities or at programs that they really wouldn't see themselves in or aren't going to be happy, think they're not going to be happy in because they didn't have the chance to apply to programs that they would have preferred. So I can say like during phase one match, still like try to just sprinkle a couple of AGD and GPRs in there as well. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Um, I remember in June when I was applying and I was like calling my friend and talking to her and she was like, you need to make a plan B. I just looked at my phone. And I was like, did this girl really just say that to me? Like, I'm going to match ortho. Like, I'm not making a plan B. And lo and behold, I needed a plan B and October came and I didn't have one. Um, I think even well, I know even after like ortho match day had passed, I was still trying to get into ortho. Um, I actually ended up applying post-match to ortho first, um, and got a post-match interview at a program for ortho and that didn't work out. And, you know, I think that was a sign from God, like GG doors closed. No, I still kept trying to get into ortho. Like even in December, I found out another program had a spot. So I tried to apply there. And then in January, I found out another program, like someone had dropped. And so I tried to apply there. And I didn't hear back from either of those two schools. So I was like, wow, this GPR AGD thing, it has to happen. Um, But honestly, I wouldn't trade this experience for for getting into ortho. I really wouldn't Um, because I think that where I'm going next year, I would have never imagined that I would ever say I'm going to the program that I'm going to. So um, just know that what's for you will never miss you. And even though things don't work out your way, they're still working out your way. So my biggest thing would be, you know, when you wake up that morning and you don't really see the results that you want to take a big, take a deep breath and realize it's not the end of the world. So that's what I had to do for myself. I had, and then I had classmates and friends who were like, look, this just wasn't meant to be at this moment. It may be later. Um, and remember you got into dental school, you made it through dental school and you're at the point where you're, you can go and be a, you're going to be a doctor now. So you obviously, you have what it takes to make it. It's just, you might be, your plan might not be what you thought it was. And also I'm not sure for the other specialties, but I know for peds, we have like, uh, hospital-based or university-based or a combined program. And what I didn't learn until after I had applied to those 15 programs, most of which were hospital based, was that they really do prefer if you work before or have a GPR experience before. So I I feel like I kind of shot myself in the foot by not having that knowledge beforehand and only applying to those programs because the only interview that I got was from the one school base I had applied to. So just to uh, keep that in mind when applying for PEDS. I had just one more piece of advice too, is utilizing your network. Um, Closed mouths really don't get fed. And, you know, sometimes you think you know what you're doing, um, but you don't. Um, I wish I would have utilized my faculty, you know, some alumni that I knew because once I didn't match for ortho, I did start like asking people for advice, asking people if they knew people at different programs. And as soon as they sent the text message, I would get an email like for an interview invite. And I'm like, if I would have done that during my initial application process, 
um, what would have happened. You know, life really is about not only what you know, you could be an exceptional student, but who you know. And I feel like um, if I would have had those conversations, maybe things would be different. So I would definitely say you come to dental school and meet a, a plethora of people that, you know, came before you D1. While I was D1, I met D4s and like they're in the work field now. They might be teaching at these institutes. They might have been lead resident at this institute. And literally that one text message can change your life. So utilize um, the network that you have. Well, thank you guys so much again for being on the show. And also, do you guys have any emails, Instagrams that people can contact you in case they do want to form that connection? Okay, um, my email is amber, the letter K dot mark, M-A-R-K at gmail.com. Um, and my Instagram is Amber Christina. Christina is spelled with a K, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. Um, I'm, I answer every DM, every email, a phone call, anything. So follow me on there. <laughs> okay. So my Instagram is at it's May Jean. It's spelled I-T-S-M-A-Y-J-E-A-N. And just send me a DM. And then from there, I'll send you my email and we can talk and I can help you out. That's all. <laughs> so my Instagram handle is student Dr. Buras. So Buras, B as in boy, U-R-A-S, and like them, just DM me and we'll talk from there. Excellent. Well, again, thank you guys so much. Um, and know that I'm so proud of you. I'm honored and blessed to know you guys as my classmates and colleagues. Um, and that is it. Uh, for today. Um, thank you for sitting with us at the table and remember to stay flossing and keep flossing. Bye guys.